This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, when I thought about the movies that have made the biggest impression on me in the past years, it was really Get Out just left a huge, I mean, I had nightmares for like months and it, um, I actually hadn't rewatched it because I thought it was so scary. And I thought I would just like, before talking to you, I thought I would just kind of like fast forward through, but I just sat and watched the whole entire thing. And now I'm really freaked out. Actually. <laughs> Welcome back to Open Form. I'm Michael Denzel Smith. Chris is headed upstate with his girlfriend Rose to meet her family. Chris is black, Rose is white. Rose assures Chris that this won't matter, but a number of off-color remarks made by her father and brother, as well as a strange interaction between Rose's mother and their housekeeper, prove that Chris was right all along. But while Chris can gloat, what he doesn't know is that Rose's family has more in store for him and his black body than he could ever have imagined. This week's film is Get Out and was chosen by Aleph Batumin, author of the novels The Idiot, 2018 finalist for the Pulitzer Prize, and the recently released Either Or. I started to try to write an essay about it at that time because I thought it really summarized some kind of mood that I felt after Trump and it made me mm. feel like better and not better, but like it felt like he had gotten at something important there. And I just tried to read what I wrote and it was it was totally incoherent. But yeah, but that metaphor of the sunken place and also just the um I was thinking a lot about families and childhood and the relationship between, you know, I was thinking about intersectionality and like, um, there's this article, I don't know if you know it, it's kind of like obscure, it's from the 70s called Childism by this guy Chester Pierce. And if you Google Chester Pierce, the famous thing about him is that he invented the term microaggression, but oh. um, <laughs> yeah, so, so when he wasn't doing that, um, he also invented this thing called childism, which is this idea that um, all of the, um, like sexism, racism, colonialism, all of, all of the kind of like othering hierarchical power obsessive, like extractive ways of looking at the world originate from this dominating attitude that we have towards children. And there was something about Get Out where it's like these parents are colonizing the younger generation and that whole, like there's a scary like boomer generation with, you know, Trump's generation basically that has somehow like something sinister happened in the nineties and they've like colonized our bodies and now we can't move and they're all sort of in office. And I don't know, this made a lot of sense to me at, at that time. Um, and, uh, 
Yeah, and I, I, I thought about it for a long time without really reaching any conclusion or writing anything. So I just thought of that and I thought we could talk about it now. Oh, and it's, yeah. it's just such a great, it's such a great movie. I was just watching it. I hadn't watched it all the way through and a, a second time, like knowing that, because I don't, I don't guess, I don't guess twists at all. I didn't understand what was going on until like the guy had the saw at the guy's brain and I was like, oh, like, no, no, they showed like the video where the guy explains everything and I was like, oh, that's what was going on. But um yeah, to watch it knowing everything, it yeah, it's such an incredible movie. Yeah, I hadn't watched it since I saw it in theaters when it came out, and I I'm not a horror movie person. Like I just no, don't enjoy them, and so no. I really wasn't going to go see it until it just was like it bubbled up in a way that it was like, okay, I guess I have to see this. This is something mm-hmm. that feels like this cultural moment that we are all engaging in and then you know it's going to be meaningful to uh just sort of examining culture uh, Mm -hmm. going forward and so and I saw it and you know I don't think it's it's not it wasn't for me as like scary um as I anticipated it being but there is that there's an aspect of just like recognition right (laughs) that like everything that Jordan Peele has is written here and sort of hits on it in terms of like there's the explicit stuff right like you very clearly see this engagement with this young black man in this way that dissects him and like otherizes him and and all of this stuff but it's exactly sort of what you're getting at in terms of like in that post-Trump that immediate post-Trump moment there's like a self-congratulations on the part of like white liberals and mm-hmm. that that like this really undermines, right? Like, so they're, mm-hmm. they're very busy just being like, well, it's not us. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't us that did that. I, I would have voted for Obama a third time. Yeah. I would have voted for Obama <laughs> a third time, right? <laughs> but here at like, at the heart of this, this film is just being like, no, you're not only complicit, like you are, in like architects of this whole thing in ways that like you're not willing to admit to but like it's just deployed in a very sinister fashion in this film yeah it felt really good to see that it was like because it feels like the whole time you're like his friend the tsa friend and you're like i know they're doing some crazy stuff like i know (laughs) that they're like they're actually behind everything everyone's a sex slave and then like when you see that that's all true. There's some like huge, it's like you've been gaslighted your whole life that like these white liberal people are like really well-meaning and everything. And like if they had their way, then the world would be a completely different place. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, it it felt really good to see that. I mean, it's horrible too, but that garden party. Yeah, it's funny because I, I went into it, I, I don't watch horror movies either, I hate them, but I saw the trailer and the trailer made it seem like it wasn't going to be a horror movie at all. It just seems kind of like social criticism. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, so then I was surprised and scared. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, it's the Greens. Gordon and Emily, this is Chris. Chris, this is Gordon and Emily Green. Chris, to nice meet to meet you. Nice to meet you, Chris. Nice to meet you indeed. Oh, and that's quite a grip. Well, thank you, you too, man. You, uh, you ever play golf? Mm, once, a few years ago. I wasn't very good. Gordon was a professional golfer for years. Oh, you kidding? Well, I can't quite swing the hips like I used to, though. But, uh, I do know Tiger. Oh, that's great. Super. Gordon loves Tiger. Oh, best I've ever seen, ever. Hands down. Uh, so, Chris, uh, let, let's see your form. 
yeah i get i get that it, it's it, i felt like it was more gruesome than scary at points and then i think yeah. that's really what gets me about the horror movies and I, I i admit to just not knowing the genre which also felt like i didn't I wasn't able to fully appreciate Get Out because mm-hmm. like he from everything that I was reading he's like pulling from like very mm-hmm. well-worn like uh you know horror movie tropes and then twisting them and doing the stuff I'm like I don't have the language for it I just don't I don't understand everything that he's hitting every note or like every movement that has come that's preceded this to sort of like un to, to get on board with it on that level so there was that part of it and then there's just like I don't like I mean, I watch violent movies, but I don't love stuff that's gruesome, right? And so, like, mm-hmm. when Chris is getting free and just then killing, oh the yeah, people, yeah, it's just like it's gross in this way. But it's it's also I get what's happening, right? Like, I mm-hmm. understand the brutality that like he, that Jordan Poole is pre- uh, Peele is presenting because like it's necessary in that moment to to real to reckon with like what that what that level of like gaslighting and violence and like and received brutality turns him into and then it's and then it's really all about bodies like it's we think so much about oppression in different terms it's almost like the whole like the violence of actually I don't know it's kind of like I I got into ecofeminism and they're like they kind of blame this Cartesian dual, they blame, they blame it all on Cartesian dualism, like on the idea that you could separate the mind and the body and that the mind is this abstract, brilliant thing and that the body is this like lowly thing. And then they associate like women and, and like subject races and animals and the environment and you know everything with, with just this like lowly bodily material that should be con- controlled by these like disembodied intellects, which just like happen to be in, you know, whatever white male patriarchal whoever's at the top of that hierarchy and I kind of felt like I mean to me the really scary thing the really scary thing in this movie and the thing that I had the nightmares about was about being in the sunken place and about being put in the sunken place and it felt really important that the sunken place the way that you get there is through guilt about your mother I don't know why that feels so kind of true but that's like the thing that she keeps bringing up is like your mother was killed and you did nothing you did nothing and it's it's obviously not his fault but that's what puts him in the sunken place and makes him completely immobilized and also there was something about how like I don't know it this is completely unrelated but the novel the wind-up bird chronicle I was really obsessed with that by Haruki Murakami and it has this kind of, it's really different, but there's this similar element that there are these two young people who aren't really close from their, with their families. And they're like, oh, I'm totally different from my family. And then they get together and they get married and they, it seems like they're going to start a new life. And then the in-laws suddenly come in and create all of these problems. And I feel like that's kind of an allegory for like people get through their own family. Like you're a kid and you're in your family and you're kind of in this like in sort of a cult environment and you you get out of it, you know, you get free and you you fall in love and you meet someone like yourself. And then this horribleness happens, which is that it's time for you to recreate family norms in some way. And then all of this kind of craziness comes out and like your partner's parents become important in a way that they weren't necessarily, you thought that they had nothing to do with you. And suddenly it turns out, wait, they're everywhere. And then this idea of like, oh, maybe they're inside my body. That just was such a potent horror. I don't know, my partner's mom voted for Trump. 
<laughs> oh no <laughs> oh no oh, yeah no. yeah oh so, god i'm sorry <laughs> yeah the, the, only the first time only the first time only yeah. the first time it's, yeah you know, yeah it's, i guess that's better i don't know i i i, I yeah yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's interesting though, in that like when you're talking about sort of the the family and, and the family dynamics in this film and some of the response to it, because there's such an insistence, or there was such an insistence by some people, by some uh people watching that uh Rose was herself like hypnotized in some way mm. that, like she she wasn't actually in on it it was just that she'd been like that her parents had like trapped her or something in this and I think that there's there's this part of being like well yes like her parents have very have certainly like indoctrinated her in a, in a very mm. particular way to be a part of the family business as it mm. were uh and to participate in the horrors that that they are inflicting but there's also the fact that like rose is a full participant in this and there's an unwillingness on the part of the viewers and it, allison williams the actress like has had addressed this like a number of times it's like no she's just evil right and there's big but there's an unwillingness to uh to grant her agency in this and that mm -hmm. like her character and her brother are also they that it may be true that they've been indoctrinated in a certain way but like they also live in the world and they've only ever chosen to continue in this mm -hmm. yeah i think that's true except i don't know i like i i agree i agree with what you're saying but i guess the idea for me of personal responsibility in the past years has gotten like extremely murky because it just feels like and it feels like something that the movie like showed so insistently is the like generational like there are all of those videos and materials of the grandparents and the parents and the kids and you can see as like so they really show how as like little kids they're like molded into be these people and i don't think it like excuses or it means that she didn't really mean it i just think it means that like that's that's how people who mean it get that way is like they're they're the children of i don't know i i was i was really into that i mean i'm still really into therapy but i was even more into therapy than i am now at the time that i watched get out and i was reading about i was reading about cult deprogramming mm -hmm. and and it's weird because when you read about how people deprogram people from cults it's the same way that therapy works to like deprogram you from your family it's like and when they talk about what makes people vulnerable to cults it's like oh well they get you at a time when you know you, you don't have money and they control your money and they control who you talk to and they control your flow of information and they make it clear that love can only come to you from them it can't come in from anywhere else and that you know other people outside are somehow worse than or opposed to like your unit and it it really feels like the same the same thing or the same I mean it just just very similar so I guess um I don't know how if it even makes sense to ask like how how are these people born like were they born yeah I don't think I, I I'm not I, I don't mean to suggest that she was just like born that way right like yeah it's yeah very true as I'm saying it's that she has I think what what bothers me is that the, the is the idea that 
because she has been indoctrinated, like in her brother as well, like, like I'm, not, mm-hmm. I'm not leaving him out of this, that <laughs> simply like they are presented and and as if they they too or their level of victimization is equal to that mm-hmm. that which they are inflicting, right? And that mm-hmm. they have no that they themselves could not ever question that yeah. we have been the, that their parents and grandparents have passed down to them and it's like no yeah. part of what part of the reason that they don't question it is because they also benefit from it mm-hmm. yeah i think that's true i think that's true also there's something very sinister when you see like the extent to which the allison williams character can act like a, a normal person like a normal pleasant likable person and then it's like oh, so she knows how to do that, but she's like choosing to be this like fruit loop eating murder weirdo and that, yeah. Yeah, knows how to offer sympathy, to act. Yeah, to say the right things. Ally, with the uh, you know, with when they get uh, the when they're engaging Pulled with the police, over. like yeah. like the, she knows all of the things that are sort of right, as it were, mm-hmm. but she actively chooses to mm-hmm. participate in this system of harvesting black people's bodies, right? Like, like so. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And she's different from the parents because the parents. I guess you could say like, oh, maybe the parents are play acting, but it seems like the parents aren't even capable of like. They're not even capable of not being like. Look at my things from Bali. What a privilege to have it someone else's called. Like they don't even know to not be like that, but like she does. So then, like her staying in that is is then even more complicated and messed up. Yeah, but at the, at the same time, I think that there is part of what like the film is getting at is that all of it is an act, right? Like mm-hmm. even even the parents and the dad with the, I would have voted for Obama a third time. I like look at my, my grandfather who like lost to Jesse Owens. Like all of mm-hmm. this is like, is a performance and it is meant to do a specific thing, which is to signal one's goodness, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the whole thing is that in order to uh, like operate as a good white person, I will signal all of the ways in which I understand how racism operates whilst continuing to uh, like participate in, in that as well. Like it, it's like that- It's really generational it, it's though. This, it's, this absolute, it's this personal absolution, right? Like that the performance mm-hmm. is supposed to offer themselves but and also supposed to be like i'm comforting you but there is no comfort to be had if you're still in the death making business <laughs> yeah yeah kind of understatement it's, it's funny how like i totally agree it's, it's funny how like generational that performance is because like you're totally right with the jesse owens and the obama stuff the father's performing his like not like wokeness, but his like knowledge of the existence of racism and his goodness and his okayness. Mm-hmm. And Allison Williams with her, with the scene with the police or what she's like, I know how fucked up this is. She's performing her like goodness and mm-hmm. in, in, such diff- in such different ways, but they're actually both doing the same thing. Like, and they're both participating in the same scheme, the same like money-making scheme. Do you realize how dangerous smoking is? Yeah. Come in and sit with me, please. Just for a little while. Please. Thank you. 
So you're comfortable enough, right? It's perfect. Thanks. Sure. You want to know how it works? <laughs> you just dangle a pocket watch in front of people's faces, is that it? <laughs> you watch a lot of TV. <laughs> when I was a kid. Ah, uh, now you're feeling very sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> we do use focal points sometimes to guide someone into a state of heightened suggestibility. Heightened suggestibility. That's right. That's right. Do you smoke in front of my daughter? I'm gonna quit, I promise. That's my kid. That is my kid. You understand? Yeah. And it's like it's coming back to to uh coming back to what you were saying about like bodies being at the center of the it's like what what Chris is they they want to harvest from Chris is his eyes, right? And I found mm. like this is the part I think that I really like appreciated in this was that like the the guy who purchases his eyes yeah um, he's like i don't care about race like it, it makes no difference to totally me. yeah <laughs> that's the scariest guy in the movie because at first he seems like a good guy right yeah he's frightening he's frightening <laughs> but it's like what i want is your eyes and so even, even as he's like denying the the like racial elephant in the room of taking a black person's eyes right like <laughs> He does want this, he wants this way of seeing the world that like, I feel is another level of commentary in which that like, white people have come, like particularly liberal white people have come to this place in which like the idea of being able to see the pers through this perspective of the mm. other mm -hmm. is this way of, of benefiting and like living truthfully and rightfully right as that mm -hmm. like and that we, we see this play out in like in the industry that we were both involved in and so in, in publishing where it's just like oh we publish diverse authors and therefore white people get to consume it and then they get to see a new perspective and therefore mm -hmm. they are now enlightened and they can perform the way that like these yeah. in the film or just like the idea that like being able to step into those shoes, to be able to like perceive the world in this way. But it's it's also saying that like the 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 value that you hold has nothing to do with you as a human. It's it's the the way in which I can still dissect you and take you piece mm -hmm. by piece and value the things that I want from you and take them at, mm -hmm. at my leisure. Oh wow, that's so yeah, that's totally true. And it opens with that the, the film opens with his photographs, which all have these kind of racial themes, which have, the guy hasn't even seen, but they've been described to him, and he's like, "That's yeah. the eye I want." Like that's what I want. Yeah, it's so scary. It's yeah, and that and that question when they're like, describe the African American experience at the party, and <laughs> oh my god, and the guy's like, "I haven't been leaving the house." That was also really scary to me. The thought that I guess the sex slave aspect was also really scary. That's pretty scary. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the eyes is worse. I, I, it's just this, yeah, that like, I mean, so much, you know, drawing upon the ideas of slavery in this film, but just like that, like that, the thing of like examining the body and then wanting to take only pieces of it and like to say that 
your humanity gets boiled down to what value I see in you. Mm -hmm. And then the, then the part of that being that like, I will discard the rest of you. Yeah. It makes it really hard. It's kind of like how like capitalism ruins everything by commodifying (laughs) it. It's like, what could the publishing industry do? Like, it feels like they're trying to diversify, but I totally agree. It's resulting in this creepy dynamic of like, show me something I've never seen before. Tell me a story I've never heard before. Like, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about foreign journals. I mean, it kind of does come to the like Cartesian dualism thing of like, I, I want to take my like abstract white person brain out and put it into these different bodies so I can see the world and write about it. Like mm-hmm. there, I was, I was just visiting in Turkey and talking to some of my friends who work as fixers for um, I guess newspapers that I won't mention, but like, it's appalling that they like airdrop like, you know, these white guys, like economists who don't know anything about anything. And then they're supposed to like set up the whole story for them and like just feed them the information so that they can do their analysis of it. And it's making this kind of separation that makes, it doesn't make any sense. You can't separate, you can't have like an analytic apparatus that's separate from like all the actual knowledge and you just fall yeah. in there and someone shows feeds in the knowledge and then you're, you're done with it. I've also been like, I, so I was, um, my, my whole beat was like Russian novels for a long time. So since the Ukraine stuff, I've been, um, I've been on this like personal journey of thinking about how the Russian novels are actually imperialistic and how Hmm. I didn't notice because I have all of this imperialistic ideology in my head, partly from being American and also partly from being Turkish because the Turkish national identity is also quite um, like the, insofar as it's based on Ottoman. um, And I just started recognizing like from some of how Putin talks about like the Ukraine, the Ukrainians and Ukrainian national identity. I like recognize some amount of Turkish nationalistic rhetoric about like Kurdish people, which was really hard to to think about. And then I started, um, I don't know, I, there's this book, Culture and Imperialism by Edward Said, which is like the greatest book ever that really, and nobody's done that, you know, like that shows the relationship between the novel in England and France and the empire and how they were like sustaining each other. And then it started to seem really weird that no one had done that for Russia because the Russian novel also obviously developed at the same time as the Russian empire and was invested and was, you know, benefiting from imperial expansion and was reflecting that back. And however critical you tried to be from inside it, you were still, you still ended up upholding it. And then I started to think about like the novel itself and even just like the modes of writing that meant so much to me when I was younger and that I, you know, that I studied and that I wanted to reproduce and that I now basically do reproduce. And to what extent they are kind of, it's like, it consists of like, I'm going to, I don't know, like there are all these theories of the novel that are super like democratic, like, um, Bakhtin is like, the novelist Heather Glossia takes all the different discourses and the different languages and high and low and it democratically mixes them together and they're in dialogue with each other and this is dialogism and it only exists in the novel and it's true and it's what makes novels great and like films too but then you, you start to think like okay the person who gets to juxtapose all those things like that's the novelist and that's like a western form that's linked with empire so I just started to freak out and I was like oh it's turtles all the way down. But um, <laughs> so, like how, like how to decolonialize, I guess, oneself and the forms that one uses, and yeah, uh, an ongoing project. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> Maybe we'll wrap that one up in 30 minutes. Aleph, what's uh, one lasting image that sticks with you from Get Out? Um, I think it's just the feeling of when he falls into the sunken place and he sees like Catherine Keener's face on the TV, like getting smaller and smaller. And that idea that like, this is what, where you'll be from now on. I just felt that really viscerally. Yeah. How about you? Do you have one? Oh, I mean, that's a good one right there. <laughs> Sunken place, I mean, is is probably like, but I think coming back to what we were saying about how the the blind art dealer character is so frightening, like yeah. the, the two of them on that like bench together. Totally. And, and he's, just, yeah, that because like, once you've watched the film all the way through and then you go back, like that, being such a foreboding like yeah like it's like oh yeah this is this is frightening I think it's like it might be extra frightening to us because like we're in culture and that guy's like a dealer and like mm -hmm. an art dealer and the first thing that happens is he's like oh I'm not like these creepy people I see you like I yeah. I know your work you're good you're really good and then mm -hmm. it's like you're like oh he's a famous dealer and he appreciates him and then you realize that oh, like God, oh yeah. I've just bought into the whole hierarchy. This is how they keep people like me in the hierarchy too. Oh yeah. Oh, you're hitting on something. There. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, frightening. <laughs> um, okay, a couple meant to be quick questions, but who knows? Uh, what is your all-time favorite film? Oh my god, I forgot you were going to ask that. Um, <laughs> you know, like I've. I've gone through so much, like, uh, yeah, obviously I'm not going to have a short answer to this. No, I, no. There was a part in the movie where he's like, I'm going to tape her because she talks too much. And I was like, that's totally me. Like, <laughs> But um, I, I guess, like, when I think about movies, I used to love film so much. And then for different, like, I don't know, like, I guess mostly gender reasons and political reasons in general, I just feel like there's a lot of, toxicity in the movies that I loved and when I rewatched them I loved Vertigo I loved loved mm -hmm. Vertigo yeah. I loved the Lady Eve I think the Lady Eve still kind of I would say but I watched Vertigo again recently and it's it's just so fucked up it's like mm -hmm. the colonialist stuff is weird the gender stuff is like not good and I I was kind of still enjoying it but I don't know when I think back like to the purest experiences of like movie joy that I have I feel like it goes back to chat it's like the Muppets take Manhattan or like <laughs> my, my love for Annie yeah um but I haven't watched Annie again so I it's probably really messed up right there's like a guy in a turban who like yeah oh yeah there's always something like that that pops up there there just is and like I watched I was watching like this documentary about like Asian representation in film recently and just you know like oh my god how awful like even Marlon Brando like did this yeah just like there's so much that uh, yeah that just was I mean in the parlance of of our uh current uh internet landscape was normalized right mm -hmm. like it was just yeah. normalized as the way that you did things and like 
it's it's upsetting and then it's and it's also being like how do we discard it when it is the culture that like you know we formed us yeah that's the, that's the cultural firmament right there you know mm-hmm. um so i don't know it's, it's, yeah it's exactly what you're describing very difficult to go back to some stuff i think more so for me with movies than with books and i wonder if that's because like the movie industry is more like based on power and mm. the books are still sort of some like loser in a corner doing something by themselves <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's what I tell myself <laughs> to make myself feel better. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, last question is, what is a film for you that best captures the idea of family? I think, like, I mean, Get Out kind of captures the nightmare image of family mm-hmm. insofar as, I mean, I would say Muppets take Manhattan. I really like, like the idea of family as kind of a chosen family with different generations were all together. I feel like in the last scene of the the newest Almodovar movie, Parallel Mothers, mm. it's like they're exhuming some um, like great grandparents who were killed under Franco, but like Penelope Cruz is there with her like girlfriend. I just love that they had, that Penelope Cruz had a girlfriend in that movie mm. and like, and then they, they, they have kids and there's just this kind of like almost random feeling co- collection of people, but they're all engaged on this like um, journey of like death and life and they're all together. I feel like that is a really utopian image for me. I, I feel like, I feel like Volver at the end also had some utopian mm. image of a family, but I can't really remember what it was. How about you? Oh gosh. <sighs> I hate it when people turn the questions on me because oh. <laughs> I never really think about them. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, no, 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 no. Don't apologize. I'm just messing with you. Um, you know, I, I, in part, I'm thinking about this in a, because I'm one, a cliche in terms of what my favorite film is. And then also I did talk about this with uh, Leila Lalami recently, but I do think The Godfather captures mm. the idea of family in like the like because if you take godfather one and two in totality right like i don't pay attention to three um (laughs) but if you take take it in totality like the ties to family the desire to leave at some time then you know being pulled back like really being invested in the betterment of all of these people being betrayed like like every single feeling that there is that like that that love is ten like can be tenuous and can also mm. just like not be enough but like you want you want to feel it you want to create it you want so badly to like really make these bonds as meaningful as possible but like sometimes it's just not possible <laughs> you know or that that there are oh. so many different aspects so many different like ways in which you like are not in control of the experience that your family members have of you, of the world that then impact your dynamics. Like, I think The Godfather just captures so many of those those things. Oh my God, a thousand percent. I mean, everything you just said, but I actually didn't love The Godfather. It makes me want to watch The Godfather because I was just like, uh, I'm not interested in the mob, but totally when you think about it as, as family and trying to get out and what you owe people and how much you want to love them and yeah, how you can't control it. Yeah, totally. That's so, wow. 
that's okay. a great that's a great pitch for the godfather you will watch the godfather <laughs> and come back on and we'll we'll talk yeah. about that. <laughs> okay i'm excited for that <laughs> oh Aleph, thanks so much for joining me today oh thank you this was so much fun Thanks for listening to Open Forum, a podcast from LitHub Radio, produced by Eliza Smith and Justin Alvarez, and hosted by me, Michael Denzel Smith. Feel free to like, comment, and subscribe to Open Forum wherever you get your podcast, and or sign up for the LitHub newsletter to stay up to date on our latest episodes. If you're enjoying what you hear, share Open Forum with a friend or on social media. Next week, strange happenings on an interstellar Soviet space station.